Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Radio 815. I am Matt Crandall, here as always with my co-host Marcelo Inostroza, and our bad robot universe journey has brought us to the first half of the final season of Alias, Season 5. Today we are talking about Episodes 2 through 9. This is the first chunk of the final season, and I think a lot of these episodes were made when they didn't necessarily know it was the final season, uh, but that first chunk aired, and then Alias disappeared for over four months so that Jennifer Garner could go have her baby, and then next week we'll be talking about the back half where it came back to sort of start tying up all the loose ends. This first half of season five kicked off, you know, last week we talked about the episode Prophet 5, um, where we started to get a little bit of the the pieces of how this season was going to play out. Then they introduce a lot of the new characters that were kind of, you know, alias the new class in case they wanted to give Sydney a break to add new characters for the show to go in a different direction if it were to carry on. And in this first half, they're still operating under the assumption that Maybe this isn't the last year, and you can kind of tell because they keep adding this, the like I said, the new class to the show um, to mixed results. So they do add Rachel Nichols is sort of the Marshall slash Sydney. Uh, she is playing a character who is an amazing hacker um, named Rachel Gibson, and she is working with Gordon Dean because she is. Basically, Sydney, but so many years later, she thinks that Dean is heading up a secret covert part of the CIA, unaware that she's actually working for a sinister organization, Prophet 5. And in these the first two episodes of this arc that we're talking about, episode two and episode three, is where we get to know her more. And in that third episode, they tell her you are not working for who you think you are. And it's very shades of the original pilot of alias where they tell her, we know you think you're on the good team, but I can guarantee you, you are not. And she discovers that she's not. And that Gordon Dean is the Arvin Sloan of her life. And she decides to go and work with the good people. Um, as that's all happening in episode three of this arc, we're introduced to Amy Acker as Kelly Payton, the evil Sydney Bristow. Basically, she is the murdering, you know, cutthroat, do whatever it takes member of Gordon Dean's team. And she knows that Prophet 5 is not on the level. So she has no illusions of that she's doing it for the, the greater good. She's just a villain, uh, which I, I love. Those two additions, I think, are a nice yin and yang and a callback to early alias they throw in balthasar getty as kind of like a vaughn's replacement thomas grace and i'm more mixed on his character he's kind of uh got a chip on his shoulder a bit of a dick and him he's a lone wolf who is now part of the team um so it it's an interesting dynamic but adding all of that as we also say goodbye to greg grunberg's weiss who gets a promotion um, it, it felt like it was a changing of the guard. Like they were trying to inject new hipper, younger blood because of like network notes or something. Marcella, what did you think? 
I really liked this first half of the final season of Alias. I really liked the new addition of the Rachel character because I really liked that uh, dichotomy of Rachel being in the same position that Sydney was in at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show. I do feel that the whole Jennifer Gardner thing being pregnant uh, in this first half really didn't work for me. It, it, it was really hard for me to dis- suspend belief that any any organization who or the CIA or the FBI or any organization that protected this country would send out a pregnant woman to do missions. Right. Now, I do acknowledge that half the time she was in the van, but that really uh, bothered me a bit. One thing that I will mention is that the first episode of the second half, I really, really, really enjoyed it. The The whole sequence where the gentleman who shot uh, Vaughn is on a plane and, and he has this body in a... In, in like a in like a stasis chamber. Yeah, and cryo that, tube or whatever. And that whole shootout on the plane was awesome, but I couldn't stop I couldn't stop thinking that first of all, this is pushing logic a little bit because if you're gonna shoot a gun on a plane, <laughs> you need specialized bullets, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, they were they were pretty you know, they were shooting uh, pretty will, pretty willy nilly, right? Yeah. And what are the chances of them hitting a window? Now I know those windows are double layered, but maybe that's just me overthinking the situation a little bit. W- with that being said, I really enjoyed that first episode, and I did enjoy that. Um, in this first half, they leaned in, into the Prophet Five uh, mythos of this final season. Yeah. My only one regret is that by the time we get to episode nine, um, the episode before we think they found out that they were going to get canceled, it's basically like a clip show. Right. It's basically like Inception with a clip show. So I'm really sort of upset and disappointed that they aren't going to get a chance to finish off some of the interesting little espionage wrinkles that they threw in uh, uh, early on in the, in, the, uh, in the first half. One more thing. I love, absolutely love, uh, Amy Acker. She's and so badass. At first, I was like, I'm kind of upset that she's not playing a hero. You know, 30 seconds after I thought that, I was like, no, she's a badass, and I love watching her murder people. Yeah. I did a complete 180 on um, this final season. It was uh, uh, the pot, the first episode that we reviewed last week was really disappointing to me, mm-hmm. if you heard last week. Yeah. But this week sort of redeemed and saved the season for me. I don't know how it's going to end, but I'm really happy with it. Yeah, what I like about this first half is that it is just super entertaining and they lean into the fun of some of the missions and that profit five mythology. Um, and like I said, even though they introduced the new class, I love Amy Acker and having her be a villain 
who knows that she's a villain. Like, it's not like she thinks that she's working for the good guys and that's why she's doing all this. Like, she knows, which I thought was awesome. Um, and then uh, with the Rachel character, like you said, the parallels between her and Sydney are nice. But also I like the episode where she goes out um, and runs into Sark and doesn't know who Sark is. And her and Sark have a romantic fling. And then a few minutes later, she finds out like this guy's the worst kind of guy and he's a, a spy and she gets into some hot water. And I like that kind of, you know, her naivete and Sark's charm kind of cr- clashing. Whereas everybody else on the show for all these years has known what a dirtbag Sark is. So they always treat him like that. But to see him, you know, a, a kinder side of him and him trying to be like a Don Juan was, was kind of funny and amusing to me. And of course, as Marshall says, oh my gosh, haven't we done this with Sloan where he's good, then he's bad, then he's good? Like, are we out of ideas? Uh, which was kind of funny because we do find out that Sloan has been working with Gordon Dean. Um, but then he he flips on him because they dangle Nadia's cure in front of him. So Nadia, who isn't in most of this first half except as a vegetable does get a couple of moments where she comes back because the bad guys in profit five do have a cure for her illness. Um, even though there are a few episodes where Sloan gives up hope and he finds out there isn't a cure. His old buddy tries to murder him and use that as a bait. But I like that they're setting up that, you know, Sloan will do anything for Nadia, which still goes back to his character. He cares about Rimbaldi and all of that stuff. But when it comes to Nadia and Sydney, like he does still have that soft spot, which makes him at least a little bit more endearing. Um, Dixon is used sparingly in this first half. And, you know, because they have this whole Gordon Dean thing going on, I feel like he got kind of benched a little bit, but it doesn't hurt the show. And the big finale of this first half, like you mentioned, Vaughn is back, but it's in an inception psychedelic, you know, revisiting the past, but having Vaughn in these situations while Sydney is drugged. Um, Jack gets kidnapped and a bunch of stuff goes on with Jack and the big, you know, four month cliffhanger that they dangle to keep us interested is twofold. Uh, the first being Sydney's interrogation where she has been abducted is on a boat that is in the middle of God knows where. So even though she escapes, there is no escape. And the person who is behind a lot of this Prophet 5 stuff and Sydney's abduction is none other than Sydney's mom, Irina Derevko. As much as I like her character, I called it seconds before they revealed who was <laughs> behind the glass. And I was really disappointed. I was like, really? Really? I was like, this is crap. Because after all that she's been through, after all that they've been through, what in the world could she possibly want to get out 
of her daughter that's carrying her grandchild for Christ's sake. What what could <laughs> well, it be? And that's literally what she wants to get out of her daughter is the baby. But did you also <laughs> did you also notice the act the um the sort of figurehead of Prophet Five is the actor who I believe lost his life. Uh, I think he was in uh, uh, 2012. He 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 actually he was the actor who uh, uh, discovered that they were taking high quality paintings out of the Louvre. Okay, I I, I can't remember his name, but he was uh, because you know I suck with the research, <laughs> so um, he was a he was a he was a a, a welcome sight because I uh, unlike you I can tolerate those movies. They're they're not so perfect, and I don't mean the 2012 movies. I mean the uh, uh, Da Vinci Code movies, right? Um, but to, to, to go back a little bit here, I really liked when, 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 uh, Sark showed up yeah. and watching him be a sleaze, like you said, was just wonderful. But the second that Rachel slept with him, I was like, no, <laughs> no, you, you are going to regret this later and you're going to hate yourself. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. But the other thing that I thought was interesting um, like I said before, I like the fact that the writers did that parallel between Rachel and Sydney, but I thought that the character of Rachel brought more, or, or the actress who plays Rachel, um, yep. brought more vulnerability to her version of Sydney Bristow than our current Sydney has at this point, because I do think that her experiences throughout the show have hardened her a little bit mm-hmm. and she's not so emotional anymore. She, she, she's, she, she's emotional, but she's more, uh, um, she's more reserved and more calculated now. Right. And I think that's a great point because this version, you know, Rachel Gibson is Sydney Bristow without the trauma of Sydney Bristow. And that that trauma of, you know, her fiance being murdered and all that stuff really hardened her over the years. Whereas this is still like a little bit more of the optimistic version of that character. Uh, one thing that I will say is that like you like reference uh, like you like to reference it, alias the new class, watching <laughs> them bring in these new people and introduce these new storylines actually made me want to have an alias spinoff, which is a really disappointing thing and a really funny thing because we all know that this is going nowhere. But <laughs> I I could have never thought that after that first episode that I would be saying this. That, that yeah. If, if I could take away one thing from this uh, first batch of episodes, it would be that. It was just amazing to me that at the end of episode nine, I was first of all. I was like, "What island are they going to? And are they, are they going to that island? No. <laughs> if they do that, you know, you know what I like that uh, nursery that Jack stumbles upon totally looks like the others put that together. <laughs> That's a great point. And speaking <laughs> speaking of the nursery, I think a really fun comedic moment is when Sydney uh, asks Sydney. Uh, asked Jack to put uh, her her crib together, and they they put the crib together, but they forget to put they forget to bring the parts into the room and then put it together. <laughs> yeah, 
trying to get it through the door. Pivot. It <laughs> was hilarious. I, re- I really was pleased by how much this first half surprised me. I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't have been surprised by that because Alias has done that to me before, and I don't know. I I should have I should have expected Alias to do that to me again, but for some reason, since we were in the end game, I thought there would be nothing left for me to latch on to. Yeah, and I think part of that is that because Vaughn is gone, it did shake up the dynamic of the show and got it out of some of those patterns that it was stalemated in. So, like, it does feel a little bit fresher. And I don't know if it is the new class or if it's just that because Sydney wasn't used in the same way because her and Vaughn weren't a thing, that it made the, the writers have to find new ways to keep the show interesting. But I'm really intrigued to see Elias's last ride here. Um, is there any is there anything in specific that you are excited to see as we wrap up here? As we as we start to wrap up here. Yeah, the main the main thing is I only remember like bits and pieces of how it actually ends. So, you know, I have spoken about how like there are certain threads that don't ever get wrapped up in a satisfying way. But I am interested just to see when they know that it's ending, how they they try and work this Prophet 5 Rambaldi stuff all together. Um, and knowing a few of the things I remember... You know, some of it comes together really nicely and then other stuff not as much. But I am I am ready to to say goodbye to these characters in hopefully a nice way. Um, and it has been fun revisiting this, but I don't have anything in particular like, oh, I can't wait until this scene happens. Partly because it's just been so long that it's I remember like the broad strokes, but not the fine details. So I think it's going to be fun to to watch those again and. I do remember that the finale is very entertaining, even if it's not everything to everyone. So that's that's going to be fun, and that's going to be coming up, you know, for us fairly soon. Next week we'll be back to talk about episode ten through fifteen, and then we'll save the two-hour supersized finale for the final uh, Alias podcast the week after. I have one more sort of giant Easter egg to tell you guys. And uh, this is something that I never thought I would say, but I'm like, God damn it. Why did it take so long? I'm actually starting to like Arvin Sloan. <laughs> you start to come around a bit on the guy. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Is it, is it, is it Nadia? Is it, is it the fact that he is still a freaking turncoat? I don't I don't get it. Is it is it uh Ron Ripkin acting better? I don't know. <laughs> There's something about him that, you know, is endearing even though even when he's being a bastard, but the fact that now Sloan has sacrificed a lot for the cause, even though he's always flipping over what cause he's actually working with. Um, but I think the heart of it is that his love for Nadia and Sydney kind of trumps almost everything. Everything except for his devotion to Rambaldi, which has laid dormant for a lot of this season. So you don't think that he's going to betray them one more time, do you? Well, I, that part I do remember, so I'm not going to I'm not going to comment directly, but uh he he may have some more betrayal in him, who knows. 
Priscilla, what would you give grade-wise to these this batch episodes? Like I said, I really enjoyed uh, this first half this first half of the final season of Alias. And with that being said, I would give it a B minus. And I'm gonna go with a solid B. Uh, very entertaining. Not moving fully into the end game yet, but certainly the pieces are there. If you have any questions or comments for us, hit us up on Twitter. Use the hashtag Radio815. We will read your comment on the show, whether it's good or bad. If it's bad, I'll let Marcelo tackle it. Marcelo, if the people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? If you guys want to get in touch with me and talk with me about Star Trek, Alias, anything JJ, you can reach me at Twitter. I'm at CreekFanatic88. If anybody has any shout outs for me, hit me up on Twitter at Matt Crandall. Otherwise, we will be back for two more episodes where we talk about the wrapping up of Alias before we go to a deserted island far, far away. Until then, thanks very much for listening, guys, and we will talk back soon.